welcome to ATT case file number two. Uh, I'm Braden. I'm Zell. Uh, no Mr. Conspiracy today. He is out of town. So um, we're doing this one without him. I guess we should, maybe this one will be a monthly. Um, we'll try to do it more often. When, when uh, done. What do you think? No promises, I don't think. No promises. I, think I like every couple of weeks, but every couple more weeks. like a month probably. More, I think month, once a month. So uh, uh, we're going to start off with some space weather. Um, if you're uh, around the northern hemisphere, um, we've got some solar winds bringing uh, some auroras. So if you're in the northern hemisphere and uh, you want to see some auroras out there, aurora borealis, uh, get out at night. A clear night, get away from this city lights, uh, light pollution, and uh, you should, next couple of days. We Do we know should, how far uh, south? Does it say how far south it um, comes? Because I've only seen it maybe a handful of times in Kelowna here, but. M- me too. And we're we're on the, like, 40, almost on the 49th parallel, pretty much. Yeah, pretty close. So, um, no, so we're, it says November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. 85% chance of polar geomagnetic storms. Oh. What's, whoa, what do we know? Um, auroras were sighted as low as uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Montana, and even Ohio. So oh, so lower than it's, here. It's getting, yeah, it's, uh, we're seeing them, start to see them lower and lower. So, uh, yeah, get out there and uh, take a peek. See if, uh, I'm going to try them. I hope I get a chance. I, they're sweet. I never get to see them, but. The only one I've ever seen, I was uh, in Kelowna here. I was on my deck with uh, Corey, and we were wasted at probably 3 in the morning. We were on my deck having a last couple, you know, finish the night off beers, and the sky started pulsing, and we, like, couldn't figure out what it was for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, we're like, this is the northern lights. Oh, my God. I've never seen them so far south. It's like a a captivating sight when they're really bright. I remember coming out, the only time I really seen them well, we came outside of Snowshoe Sam's up a big white, and we're all drunk. We just all looked up and for like 15 minutes just stared. Like it was mesmerizing how cool it was. It's, uh, yeah, it is pretty insane. So if you're anywhere where you can see one, I highly recommend take 15, 20 minutes. Just uh, stare at the skies. It's uh, a sight to behold if you've never seen it. So, uh, lots, lots happened since the last So much shit. I can't even start. I don't even know where to start. Um, I think we should start on the biggest topic. I think uh, liquid water on Mars. That's that's awesome. Who do you think? Well, what have they found? Like they found water or they found traces of where water flows? They actually found water. Uh... My understanding was that they found the evidence that would mean that there is flowing water. I don't know if that means... Okay, well, here it is. NASA confirms evidence that liquid water flows on today's Mars. Okay, so, yeah, so... New findings from NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, MRO, provides the strongest evidence yet that liquid water flows intermittently on present-day Mars. Um, So from time to time. Yeah, using an imaging spectrometer on MRO, researchers detected signatures of hydrated minerals on slopes where mysterious streaks are seen on the red planet. So I guess it flows and freezes and disappears? Is that what happened? I I, I guess. That'd be my guess. 
That's insane because uh, that's one step. If there's water, there's something there. There's got to be microbes or something, some sort of life. And uh, I always thought, I was like, why couldn't the rover just go over and, you know, scoop up some of that water and test it? I guess it's only on the hills, though, I guess, was what they found here. They actually, there's a treaty, that an international treaty that was signed in 1967 that, we're like no one on earth is allowed to go near like water or anything like foreign bodies of water stuff on other planets because we might contaminate it with earth whatever germs, earth germs because i guess uh what they say is uh <clears throat> curiosity is not uh sterile enough right so we'd have it's a big to hunk of metal yeah i know that's what i think too it's like crazy go over there freaking rc car that thing over there <laughs> Sample that water. The aliens told, told us not to. That's why. Yeah, probably. Like, get stay out of there. Allowed to look. Stay out of that touch. Mars water. No, the, this is I'm, this is beyond my level to comprehend what they're saying here. But it's a good re- good read on NASA.gov/slash press release. Blah blah blah. Just search NASA confirms evidence of liquid water. Yeah, that's uh, it's some, it, you know it's just gonna go so far to f- like. If they find life on Mars and they say, like, oh, it's such a rare thing and that, like, our planet's the only, like, habitable planet for life, if we find it the next planet over, that's just, like, the odds just astronomically grow to find life. Un- it would be unbelievable. And then I think it, I think that would confirm it that there is all sorts of life everywhere. And then I think the biggest issue then is timing. You know what I mean? Where it's, like... uh yeah, they're far away, right? So they might go extinct or whatever before we make contact, or have already gone extinct. And well, that's the that's the one conspiracy, I guess, with Mars is life had existed there at one point and has now been long extinct. Oh, but really? I've heard that before. Interesting. I've, uh, I don't have an article to back that up, but I've, have to. <laughs> I've read that somewhere. But here, here's a here's a quote from what's his name here? Oh, forgive me on this one, Lugendra Ojha. Lugendra Ocha. That's a name, but we found that we found the hydrated salts only when the seasonal features were widest, which suggests that either the dark streets themselves or a process that forms them is the source of hydrate of the hydration. In either case, the detection of hydrated salts on these slopes mean that water plays a vital role in the formation of these streaks. So like coming from the top Georgia Tech Institute. Can't really argue with him, I guess. Oh fuck, he's that's that's really cool because they always speculated that there was like ice under the surface of Mars. Yeah, and maybe but not liquid salt water flowing down the slopes of Mars during some seasons. Yeah, it's awesome. They're hundred percent. I'm convinced there's we're gonna find life, simple form, simple cell organisms and shit on Mars in that water. If you have salt water, I know the temperature is really cold on Mars, but. It doesn't matter. I don't think. We have shit that lives in the thermal vents, like like plus five hundred degrees. And, yeah. So yeah. like you know, in the in the words of uh, <laughs> Ian Malcolm, there, uh, life will find a way. <laughs> you know what? That's the second time you used that quote. <laughs> two, two for two. <laughs> Was it? Did I use that on the first one too? I think so. Well, you know, it's I'm a very go. it's a very fitting it, quote. It though. fits everything. So. Uh, I'm not a huge. You know what we should look into though. is some more research on the possibility of terraforming Mars now. Like what? What would it take to get like an atmosphere forming um, enough to be able to be there in that? 
even I'll, breathe with like just like a tiny helmet or something. I watched an interview with uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. It's Elon Musk. Uh, the I've heard that name before. Elon Musk, yeah, he's the owns Tesla. Okay, right. he was saying that like uh, we should detonate thermonuclear weapons, and that would speed up the process. If we, just throw a bunch of stuff into the atmosphere, and yeah, then, and then that would. I mean, it would still take hundreds of years. But that would get the ball rolling really fast. Well, that point. would put out like a like a blanket, so it would get colder, wouldn't it, or warmer? I think warmer. So we just gotta be able to find a way to generate like oxygen to to twenty to twenty two percent. Yeah, that's a tough one. But we'll look into it. Yeah, we'll look into it. That would we'll be. We'll figure it out here. That's where we're about solving problems. <laughs> All about solving problems. All about solving problems. Um. Before we do any transitions or anything, um, ATT Alien Theorist Theorizing is sponsored by Media. Media. Oh, it's been a long day. Media Recordings. Uh, Media-recording.com. Small Room Big Sound. um, And you can find us on Twitter. uh, At The Truth Is Out There. T-H-U-R-R. Yeah, double, double R at the end. All one word. All one word. And uh, I know we've had some, we've been checking stats. We got some listeners from around the world. And, uh, you know, this is a small, uh, pretty new podcast. So hit us up on Twitter. You might go on there and it might look like we've never used it, which we haven't. But if we start to get uh, messages, we will use it. We will use it. And we'll communicate with you guys. Um, If you want to talk or want to, you want to come on the podcast, Send us a line. We can uh, do some Skype interviews. We can shoot the shit on conspiracies or uh, whatever kind of topics you want. We can make this an intimate podcast. So uh, hit us up, ATT Podcast at The Truth Is Out There on Twitter. What's, what are we using for email? I, you know what? I thought I set up an email for this podcast, how but about, I don't think I did. How about this? Any inquiries to the podcast of any sort sent to Meteor Recording? At gmail.com, all one word. Yeah, media recording at gmail.com. That, that's the central email. We'll get them all from both yeah. podcasts. And I guess uh, we have another podcast, which is uh, <laughs> just, I don't know. Please. <laughs> uh, it's completely on a different re- the realm, of, like the spectrum. It's on the other end. Uh, it's uh, usually about five guys all bullshitting. Uh, telling stories and uh, having a good time getting drunk. So if you, uh, you know, got an hour to kill and you want to listen to some dumb stuff, check out What's the Meaning of This? That's our other pot- podcast. And that you can find them on Twitter at, at Whitmot Podcast on Twitter. Okay. What else we got for um, okay. conspiracy news? Fill, us, fill me in on this because I've heard of it. I haven't looked too much into it. The Impossible EM Drive. Okay, Impossible EM Drive. I read this article the other day. So um, you can find this article on themindunleashed.org and uh, look up uh, Impossible Engine, uh, Impossible EM. Uh, You'll find it. It's not that hard. There's tons of articles. Okay, so I'll read the article here. Uh, What if there was an engine that would be fast and powerful enough to make interplanetary and even interstellar travel possible? Huh? What do you think? There is indeed 
such kind of engine, which is called EM drive or electromagnetic propulsion drive. And scientists now confirm that it actually works. According to the estimates, it would take four hours for the EM drive to get to the moon and 70 days to get to Mars. Four days to get to the Mars or to get to the moon. What's a... Can you quickly punch in? What are we taking right now? How long does it take us to get to the moon with our current technology? It's probably like... I'm thinking 330 days. Oh, to the moon? No, not that long to the moon. Oh, really? Because the moon is only 386,000 kilometers. Oh, only that, okay. It takes three days for a spacecraft to reach the moon. Really? I thought it took way longer. Because by the time you get in space, you start traveling like... I guess thirty thousand k an hour. Yeah, I guess you start just picking up speed. What was okay, Mars about, is then? Like Mars has got to be. Let's see, Mars. Time to get to Mars. One hundred and fifty to three hundred days, depending on the alignment between Earth and Mars, and when okay, you would so leave. I, I thought. Man, I thought that we thought the Moon was further, but maybe <clears> I was thinking <throat> Mars. Okay. So, anyways, I'm get back to the article here. Earlier this year, NASA scientists conducted a series of tests in a vacuum and announced that the controversial machine really does work. Now, researcher Martin Tajmar of the Dresden University of Technology in Germany also confirmed that the engine produces thrust. But first of all, let's take a look at how the EM drive works and why it's so controversial. <laughs> Man, I'm just butchering. Forgive him. Why is the EM drive considered impossible? The EM drive technology was invented by British engineer Roger... Sh- oh, sorry about this one. Shawyer? Yeah. It looks like Sawyer, but it's spelled Shawyer. So sh- I'm just going to go with Shawyer. So it was invented in the early 2000s. However, the invention was not taken seriously by s- the scientific community because it, in fact, violates a fundamental law in physics called the conversion of momentum. According to this law, to move forward, an object is required to have a propellant pushing it in the opposite direction. The AM drive works without a propellant and uses solar energy instead. Its operation is based on electromagnetic waves, which produce electrical energy that is then converted into thrust. Basically, this means that the impossible engine operates without fuel. So, Ooh, that's game changer. Yeah, man, I want I, that. I, so in my I truck. got a different article here, and it's saying apparently propelled forward by microwaves ba- bouncing back and forth inside an enclosed chamber, and this is what makes the drive so powerful and at the same time so controversial. Hmm. So it's using microwaves or solar power. Yeah, I w- how it creates thrusts is beyond me, but. No, my my thing is is I'm like, why is it controversial at all? Like, why, not it test, works, why not test it and get it going? Yeah, like f- fucking fire it up, right? Make a little one. Put it across a Hot Wheels track or something, right? Like to me, that's like I'm like I don't understand why it's controversial. Like, is it because that like I always think it's weird when they're like, well, it, it goes against laws of science. 
But like our laws of science are constantly They're changing. They're always being broken and right? changed. So. The earth was flat at one point and then someone said it was round and I'm sure that at the time broke the laws of science. I'm pretty sure he was burned. Yeah, probably. Well, what was that guy's name? The first guy. Who was like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a flat service around here. Uh, Anyways, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. So we'll touch back on that. So how powerful is this EM drive? The drive could produce thrust 10 times greater than the modern Eon thruster and several thousand times greater than a photon rocket. It's fucking blows me away. We could get to Pluto in 18 months with this engine. Wow. We could reach Alpha Centauri in 100 years. Is that our closest? Yeah, that's our closest. Closest star? Closest star. And it would take tens of thousands of years to make that journey with our current technology. It just blows me away. So this article goes on and it talks about new findings and stuff. Um, That's insane. I would, man, I would love to see that something with that going on trips in our (coughs) generation. Like, why not rig it to a satellite or something? Send deep, like a deep space satellite out, right? Or something. Like, why? Now, would this only work for space travel or work for like? Gravity challenge travel as well, like air, like air travel. Now, can we, we go from Vancouver to Japan in forty-five minutes instead of nine hours now, or would it well, only be in space? I think it would only be in space because, see, if it's creating thrust, and that's what you you need thrust to gain lift. Hmm. It. I wonder if it's because of friction, right? That's why it wouldn't work on Earth if it wouldn't work. But if anything, if you create thrust, though. Yeah, I guess so. Why not? If you can create thrust in space, you can create thrust with gravity, you'd think. Anyways, Copernicus. Copernicus theory became so well known that when most people discuss the heliocentric theory today, they're referring to Copernicus model. Oh, he's the first person to say that. It was round? Not round. Sorry. He's the first person to say that. Earth orbited the sun. And it's, not the and not, other way around. Not Earth was the center. And I bet that broke the laws of science at the time. I, I typed in, it's they say Columbus, but really it was probably someone like in Greece or like ancient China who really who discovered the round Earth first. Yeah. That's, that's another, that would be another cool thing to talk about is how much information and technology was lost during the Dark Ages. Oh, man, it's probably insane because if you, you look back at all those ancient civilizations either they are alien assisted to be so advanced or they're so advanced and all that technology was just lost the pyramids so, we'll, we'll get we'll we'll have to one, talk about the pyramids oh, one oh. dedicated one to the pyramids, pyramids that yeah. is a crazy let's one. do the pyramids the next one because i think 100 percent. i'm gonna I'll do a quick recap i think we have had huge, 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 that's my Donald Trump impersonation there, Um, back in the day or whatever. I think we've had technologically advanced civilizations that have crumbled and their way to pass on information like basic math and all that stuff is they've built structures that could withstand and the test of time and they hid all, they didn't even hide it. They just put everything like information wise in there they possibly could 
for us to unlock. And I think that's what all the pyramids are. I think they're just, they're, they're, all the knowledge is hidden in there. But we're just, I think we overlook lots of it. Well, you know, we'll ho- oh, there's, a whole, there's a whole shitload of stuff I, on I'm that. I'm not even going to open my mouth on the pyramids because I got a whole, yeah. whole bunch uh, in there. Case file three, let's go ahead and name it. It's going to be called uh, f- f- the fucking pyramids. The fucking the pyramids. The fucking pyramids. Holy shit. We'll go right, we'll They're right, all right in line. to the base. Oh, my God. It blows me away. Uh, so pyramids, next one uh, we'll talk about. And again, if there's anything else you want us to talk about or... Uh, touch on or comments on or anything send us please a email us please, i would yeah. love to hear from anybody oh man it's like what we were blown away at how many views our first one had which is you know partially <laughs> because our name is alien theorists theorizing so people probably think we're alien theorists and then they're probably like oh it's just a couple of guys but let me ask you a question how do you become an alien theorist huh you start reading you start reading you start and talking you start talking so you know, if you think you're a better theorist than us, <laughs> come please, on. Please the show. prove it. Come on. <laughs> we the would show. love you to have you. <laughs> we'll hand it over. <laughs> okay, so uh what else we got here? Okay, well we can we can shift now. We can shift to uh Gary McKinnon. If oh, you've never Gary heard of McKinnon. him he's a guy who hacked NASA and found some shit that they didn't want them to find. So man, this article is long. Where would I even you wanna start? Just, you want to just uh, summarize it? He looks like, when you look at him... He looks like a complete p- computer hacker. He's got the eyebrows kind of like... Yeah, the fucking... Frilled up. Let's and, just call and, it the hacker, the hacker brows. The hacker brow. And you know what? Look up a picture of Gary McKinnon, and you're going to say he's got the hacker brows, 100%. If they were like... If, if there was a James <coughs> Bond movie and the henchman needed a hacker, it's Gary McKinnon. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll read a couple of paragraphs. Okay, let's hear it. In March 2002, Glasgow-born Mr. McKinnon was arrested by police at his dinghy flat in Wood Green, North London. Scotland Yard detectives were acting on allegations from the Americans that he had hacked into U.S. military computer systems in an attempt to bring them down. He allegedly immobilized sensitive systems in the wake of 9-11 attacks. McKinnon, now 46, admits hacking into the U.S. computers but says he had been on a moral crusade to find classified documents about unidentified flying objects. So the guy was just hunting for UFOs. He was doing what everyone else in the world wants to do, but we don't know how. Yeah. Okay, he got got his first computer when he was 14-year-old. Okay, whatever. He left school. He was a hairdresser. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Come on, Now that you say that... (laughs) <laughs> Looking at a couple of his pictures, Gary's hair is on point in most it's, of the pictures. It's pretty damn good. You know, why didn't he do something with his brows? You know what? Good thing his friends, though, in 1990s convinced him to get a qualification in computers because we're going to be here today. It helped him probably get arrested, yeah. and he's probably in jail right now. Uh, you know what? I think he has escaped trial, which is, I don't know how, but. Oh, okay, where I lost my spot here. Oh, yeah, that's, the Americans continue to press for the extradition of a man who say it caused 800000 worth of damage to computers between 2001 and 2002. Completely unknown at the time of his arrest, Mr. McKinnon became a symbol of the controversial U.S.-U.K. extradition treaty, gaining the wealth of celebrity backers as diverse as Terry Waite, Sting, and Julie Christie. Julie Christie? I don't know. No Julie idea. Christie. I know Sting. Like the wrestler? <laughs> It says Sting. It's the it's the singer, singer. <laughs> singer. But I wish it was the wrestler. Me too. 
If it doesn't yeah. elaborate, we should we should probably assume it's Sting the Wrestler, though. Let's assume it's Sting the Wrestler, but it probably will be Sting the Singer. Okay, in 2009, he told BBC, I'm not blind to criminality, but I was on a moral crusade. I was convinced, and there was good evidence to show, that certain secret parts of the American government intelligence agencies did have access to crash extraterrestrial technology, which could, in these days, save us in the form of a free, clean, pollution-free energy. Whoa. He added, I thought, I thought if someone is holding on to that, that is unconstitutional under American law, and I didn't think about jail sentences at the time. I'd stop washing at one point. I, was looking after my, I wasn't looking after myself. I wasn't eating properly. I was sitting around the house in my dressing gown doing this all night. He didn't try very hard to cover his tracks. He used his own email address. When Britain's high-tech crime unit finally came from 2002, he was not surprised. He told BBC, I, wasn't, I almost wanted to be caught because it was ruining me. I had this classic thing. I had this classic thing of wanting to be caught so there would be an end to it. So he was like addicted to So does it, was he confirming there that he had found that or was he just speculating that that's, he was looking for to see if they could have some sort of like uh, pollution-free energy? You know what? It doesn't, doesn't really say so much in this article. This isn't... Because like... I wonder if there's a can, million. There's a million of these articles. Of this I want to know what he found. Like, did he find anything worthwhile? Because like, it's pretty insane that like, good on him for hacking that. And he said, but I want to know like, what did he find? Okay, here's another article. I found a high definition picture of a large cigar shaped object over the northern hemisphere. I was so shocked by the picture that I didn't think to immediately save it. The file was so large that it was difficult to view on my computer. Even eventually, my connection was lost, and so was the picture. So that sucks that he never really found it. See that? And that's I found a list of officers' names under the heading "non-terrestrial officers." It doesn't mean little green men. Uh, what I think it means is not Earth-based. I found a list of fleet-to-fleet transfers and a list of ship names. I looked them up. They weren't U.S. Navy ships. What I saw made me believe that they had some kind of spaceship off-planet. Whoa, so the, so he's saying there that the U.S. military has commanders who are not, a, not from not, Earth. That's what he's saying. I've, not the first time I've heard that either, but that's in the, the Blue Planet Project. Also, they say that. Oh, that is fucking crazy. There's like, search Gary McKinnon and they'll come up. There will be hundreds of pages. Of yeah, check game. out shit about Gary McKinnon. Interesting guy. Hair is on point. Eyebrows are nuts. Eyebrows are hacker brows. But uh, take, give it a read. Give it a look over. It's uh, some interesting, interesting stuff that he's done. It's crazy. Stuff like that just... It, uh, I, I want to believe so bad when I read that stuff. But then like when he says that, like, oh, I found this picture, but I couldn't say it. I know. It. Like, what? That's like the classic, the grainy Bigfoot footage, right? Like, it's tough because if I was a hacker and I had those skills and I found that instant save, but transfer it across t- the web so you could never get rid of it. Yeah, like it'd be I, would, out. I, I would take pictures of it on my phone and shit on the screen. I would make sure I had it. I would print pictures. I would, within an hour, I would have it all done. Yeah, that's, see, that's, and that's the shit. <sighs> Man, because he's just trolling, right? It's hard to say. Okay. So, uh, should we, we, what are we, where are we going to next? Should we talk about uh, Kepler? The fucking megastructure? Oh, yes, we should. Okay, so... Take this one. Another one this month. Um, 
we've you've probably read this. It's been pretty uh, pretty. I think it's been pretty wide it's around pretty, the web. It's on like pretty much mainstream news everywhere. Yeah. So it's we've cool. uh, the Kepler telescope has found a mysterious object orbiting a distant star. And let me uh, introduction and say it's K K I C eight four six two eight five two, and it's fifteen hundred light years away. And uh, something is blocking a huge amount of its light. Um, I've read other articles that say it, it gets like a 22% dip in light and shit. Um, with no obvious candidate for what the object could be, one scientist suggests the very faint possibility that it could be an artificial in nature. So, like, I've seen pictures and stuff of what they're like, what they what drawings and stuff think they could be and it looks like it looks like halo rings around the sun like that's what their <clears throat> people's drawings of it have been so what are the what are the explanations though like other explanations besides alien superstructure okay well all it's saying is it's saying the star in question is an old star it's about 1.5 larger 1.5 times larger than the sun. And uh, it's light. It, Yeah, it's light dips by 20% on several occasions due to the orbit of a vast object that would have to be almost half the star's size. Yes. Yeah. I've, I, got, right? I have a different article here. So, saying and, they, and these huge dips occur at random across 1,600 days. The random thing is the big. That is that's insane. That's a weird thing. Yeah, it seems too 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 substantial to be caused by an orbiting planet. Another possible explanation is a planet forming disk, but this doesn't make sense either because KIC eight four six two eight five two appears to be a mature star whose planets, if it has any, would already be formed. Yeah, and then it also I read one here that it says <clears throat> the object has to be new because it would be consumed. It would have been consumed by the star's gravity. And the object cannot be a star because it's not emitting it's not emitting light and it's not circular. It is also <laughs> unlikely to be a planet owing to its irregular orbit. This is mind blowing. Like what the hell could it be? Okay, so here's one that says it the leading suggestion is that it's debris left from comets breaking up around the star. Oh, this would be expected to produce large amounts of infrared radiation, which it's not. So all these things they're thinking it is, there's a complete opposite to why it's not, for the most part. Yeah, so it's like everything it says, like you would see scattering of dust around the star, something that's not observed. Holy, like it's insane. So then what they're thinking is uh, a Dyson sphere is a structure that harnesses a star's energy for use by civilization, sort of like a solar power, but on a massive scale. It would be composed of hundreds or thousands of spacecraft, often referred to as a Dyson swarm, that would theoretically be large enough to block out significant portion of a star's light. So uh, go ahead and uh, Google uh, uh, Kepler Dyson sphere, and you'll see people's... uh, are like renderings of what this might look like and stuff. 
But um, this article goes on to say that it's estimated that as a civilization gets more and more advanced, it will require more and more energy to thr- to thrive. Some consider a Dyson sphere the best way to gather this energy, labeling this civilization a type two on the Kardashev scale. For reference, we are at 0.73 on that scale. What's the scale go to? Um... Funny ask, I'll pull that up. I believe it's five, but I, okay. Let me tell you, I'll bring it up right now. It's up. And, uh, okay, so the scale was originally designed in 1964 by Russian astrophysicist Nikolai Kardashev. Oh, so three base classes, each with an energy disposal level. Type 1, type 2, type 3. Oh, and other astronomers, but, you know, let's, they have, they've given a type 4 and type 5, but those guys are nuts. So a type 1 designation is given to a species who have been able to harness all the energy that is available from a neighboring star, gathering and storing it to meet the energy demands of a growing population. That means that we would need to boost our current energy production production over a hundred thousand times to reach this status. So for we're type one, we're not even type one. We're point seven three. They figure. So we're not even. We're not even. We're we're close, but you know, so close yet so far. Uh, type two can harness the power of an entire star. Um, several methods. The Dyson sphere talks about doing that. Um, they have no idea. They're like, why would a civilization need this much energy? They're like, wait, we don't know. And uh, type three. So what's the type three? A species has become galactic traverse with knowledge of everything having to do with energy, resulting in them becoming a master race. Ooh, so type three Ooh. is just... Oh, shit. Oh. So uh, what they think is uh, type 3 would be like cybernetic organisms being both bi- biological and robotic with the descendants of regular humans. Be- oh, well, this is saying if we went there, the descendants of regular humans being a subspecies among the new highly advanced society. So it's saying like pretty much it, it would have to be robotics. and uh, So we're, de- we're destined to go that way. Well, probably. Or burnout. Uh Kardashev believed the type four civilization was too advanced and he didn't go belong beyond a type three on a scale. So, uh, other people did other people went type four and type five where they say they can harness energy content of an entire universe and could traverse accelerating expansion of space. So pretty much you just like, just, they can live in, God. Bla- they can live in black holes. Like you're God. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But then there, there's people, uh, other scientists and stuff have come up with a type five. So at type four, you would, you can bend and bend the laws of physics. Like it, that shit like doesn't worm matter. Wormholes and jump, yeah. jump across the universe and yeah. all that stuff. And type five would be gods pretty much. They can manipulate the universe as they please. Huh. Interesting stuff. So that's the Kardashev scale. Okay, let's go go with the level five or four. I've heard of this called, they're called the Arcturians. They're supposed to be the most advanced civilization in the galaxy. 
Oh yeah, that's give, uh, give that a read, and we'll come we'll come across that another time. Another too. time, Arcturians. The Check Arc, that the out. The Arcturians, level f- they're a level four, level five species. They say it says they say they're the most advanced species in our galaxy. In our galaxy, oh, okay, so it's a small galaxy. Conspiracy there, but dig in. We'll take a look at that one. Um, so yeah, mega structure on Kepler. They have no idea what it is. Possibly a type two alien civilization. Um, I've heard we're going to point telescopes and stuff at it and try to study it more. So Yeah, uh, I think they haven't pointed in any any type of dip, dip in light. They'll be able to tell if it's a gas or a solid or what exactly it is, or a better idea of what it is at least. Yeah, that's. I'm very curious to see where this goes. Uh, I will definitely be paying attention to that one. Um, man, that's just mind-blowing. Like It's boggling for sure. Because, yeah, it doesn't... doesn't orbit let's just take a second and just think let's say let's say in a month these telescopes have been viewing this thing and there's a thousand telescopes now of all sorts radio telescopes kepler's telescope all these telescopes and nasa comes out they probably won't but say they come out like we have discovered that this structure is artificial in nature without a doubt what would that do oh my god i don't even man that would break that's got to break open the alien conspiracy wide open man i would Instantly, you couldn't dis- discredit anything, really, after that. There's no more like, oh, he's on drugs or he's yeah. on this. Like, no, it's like the most advanced people on earth staring at this thing and coming up. Like, we have no other explanation, but this is artificial. Oh, that'd be so cool. That's like my biggest wish right now. That would be just awesome. Oh, dude, I would love just a, for an admission just, that there's just a little life something. out there. Right? Just a little something. Yeah. Uh, what else we got on the on the docket? Okay, well, I got I got this guy. I don't know if we can do he he's a pretty big story, but we'll touch on it. Let's touch on him and yeah, I know who you're talking about. Phil. His name is Phil Schneider. He's considered well, in this article and a couple others, the most courageous man of modern times for his whistleblowing efforts against the government pretty much. Now, I don't even know if he could, because you got we got so many whistleblowers now, like Snowden and other guys. But yeah, this well, is, he was he was twenty years ago. Oh, so he's the pioneer. He was killed military style in his apartment after he blew the whistle. And he even in his interviews, he has he has a bunch of interviews. Google Phil Schneider, uh, whistleblower of U.S. government or whatever other combination of words, and you'll find video after video of him giving his accounts. That he worked at the the Dulce base. We'll touch on that another one too. But it's a base where aliens and humans are supposed to coexist and create technology, pretty much. And he says he was involved in a battle there, and he had lost his fingers from an alien like ray gun, I guess you'd say, or whatever type of gun. But there's more than that. And he after during his talks, he even says, "I don't know how long I can do this." Like he knew he knew he was going to die, pretty much. And it was not more than two years later that he was killed in his apartment. Huh. With like a like a razor wire like guillotine like they killed him like a hitman style. Oh, it's cool. Oh man, I'm looking at his fingers. They're fried right and off. They look like they were mangled. Like, they okay. I'm I'm not gonna confirm that they look like they've been lasered off. That's hard to say that. It's but. hard to say because these are old pictures, twenty years. <clears throat> but they look like they were whatever took them off. Took them off pretty good. Oh man, that's Yeah, I'm just gonna read a couple of paragraphs from one of his one of his admissions. 
I love the country I'm living in more than I love my life. But I would not be standing before you now, risking my life, if I did not believe it was so. The first part of this talk is going to concern deep underground military bases and the black budget. The black budget is a secretive budget that garners 25, 25% of the gross national product of the United States. Whoa, that's quite the claim. The black budget currently consumes $1.25 trillion per year. At least this amount is used in black programs like those concerned with deep underground military bases. Presently, presently there are 129 deep underground military bases in the United States. They have been building these bases night and day unceasingly since the early early 1940s. Strange enough, co- coincides with uh, the start of UFOs, really. That's start of like the Foo Fighters and World War Two and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that, like I say, he's got tons of stuff. But let's just let's put that on the next one too. Okay, I just want to say a couple of things. I want to do a couple of research <clears throat> for next time because he was in the military. So if he lost his fingers in war, right, he would have got a purple heart or something, right? That's what you get if you're injured think, on the battle. Yeah, I think so. So there's got to be a record of him receiving a Purple Heart if he was injured in the field, right? So we can easily look that up, figure that out, and disp- you know either dis- disprove that, like, yeah, he was. they say he was given a Purple Heart in this time. But you know what? If it is that big of a conspiracy, maybe they have done that to try to disprove him. Anyways, I'm going to look to see if he's had a Purple Heart or uh, what's up with his fingers, and if I can... If there's any conflicting reports, uh, I'll try to have that for next time for uh, case file three or four. We'll have to take a peek. Okay, I'm just going to read a couple. I'm not going to read any more paragraphs, but I'm just going to read some other points of the document. So we that was deep underground military bases and the black budget. He also talks about the the Greta Treaty between the U.S. government and aliens, government factions, railroad cars and shackle contracts, America's black budget pr- contractors, the alien threat. Stealth aircraft technology by the U.S. agencies and the U.N., Guardians of Stealth and Delta Force, the Bosnia conflict, bombings in the United States, the truth behind the Republican contract with America, statistics on the black helicopter presence, government earthquake device, AIDS as a bioweapon based on alien excretions. Like, just the list goes on and on about stuff that this guy blew the whistle on before he was killed. Man. (sighs) It's guys like this that bring... It passed just a conspiracy of some crazy guy telling, like, oh, there's aliens out there. It's when the top officials and, like, high-ranking people blow the whistle and then they are mysteriously disappear not that long after. It, that's Yeah, it's crazy. There's a, there's a Canadian guy, too. Um, the Minister of National Defense, Paul Hellyer, in 2013 came out and said he he knew of four alien races actively visiting earth and he was the defense right, minister the top end the top of government end, like okay that like, that boggles wh- my mind why does that not gain traction of some kind like, why why would you go out and like just like i can't picture you doing that and just going and bullshitting uh so anyone who wants to watch a video of the Canadian defense, former Canadian defense minister, uh, it's you can uh, YouTube UFO alien disclosure, May 2013 by Canadian defense minister. 
Um, it's it, it's mind blowing. Like it's mind blowing that there's people out there. Because I'm like, at the same time, I'm a person who I have to see to believe. Like I need a first hand encounter. And uh, man, but I have a hard time believing that some guy who had that high ranking of a job would be like, you know, it'll be fun if I just pull a prank on all these guys. Pull a and prank just say, and just mm-hmm. never end it. Like, the, yeah, I think that that's the closest we can get to a first hand account is taking like a high-ranking military official or government or scientist, their first-hand account, like their, when they give their account like that. There's, yeah. That's, like, that's the closest we can get right now. And I, I'm pulling up pictures of Paul Hellyer, and he, like, he's old, but he doesn't look... He's not senile. He doesn't look senile. Delirious or anything. But, you know, maybe he is. Maybe that's the issue. He's got mental illness. But we should be able to find medical records of something like that. No, but, because, uh, okay, man, here's one more thing. We're rolling up on forty-five minutes. We're going to end it here pretty quick. So let's next week we're going to talk on the we're going to talk on the pyramids, pyramids. the fucking pyramids. That'll be a big that'll be a big one. It's we're going to be that might be the whole time. Yeah. But another huge thing. Take a listen to this. It's called the Disclosure Project, and it's a huge video of all these top end guys coming forth. It was it was like a national broadcast. I'm not sure, I can't remember when it was two thousand or something, but hours and hours of guys giving their testimony on UFOs and aliens. It's actually nuts. I watched about half an hour of it not that long ago. <laughs> and I'd never heard of it before. It was pushed under the rug like another one of those videos. But so yeah, next week pyramids. Yeah. So we talked about we talked about Phil Schneider. We talked about Gary McKinnon briefly. So you guys go out go out and have a have Take a, a read about them. Let us know what you think. Are they full of shit or is it more, uh, should we dig into that more? Another thing on Paul Hellyer here, he, cause now like just kind of, I pulled up a couple things really quick and, uh, some things that he, he said he believed in UFOs. He had seen a UFO once. He said, he also said, um, He accused me. This is great. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know how sound of mind he is. In November 2005, he accused President George W. Bush of plotting an intergalactic war. Ooh, how far are we going with that? I, I don't know. Uh, the former defense minister told an audience at the University of Toronto, and I quote, The United States military are preparing weapons which could be used against the aliens. And they could get us into an intergalactic war without us ever having any warning. The Bush administration has finally agreed to let the military build a forward base on the moon, which will put them in a better position to keep track of goings and comings of the visitors from space and shoot at them if they decide. That doesn't seem that far-fetched, really, from all the other accounts that I've heard about. About alien technology we've discovered and harnessed and created. Okay, you know what? Let's dig into that one because yeah, who we'll, knows? we'll dig more into that one because like now the more I read about Paul Hellyer now, because like 2005, he said he believes. Then he's jumping to telling Bush that he's going to start an intergalactic war. 2070s, he then he's demanding the government's disclose alien technology, and then uh, most recently in 2014, he's saying that there's four species of aliens that have visited Earth. 
they've been so for thousands of years. Well, he's not the first person I've heard say that. But here's the thing. Why didn't he say that in 2005? Well, maybe he did. You're only on one article. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so we'll touch more. We'll dig in. We'll dig in a little bit. So next week we got pyramids. The week after we'll do firsthand accounts of whistleblowers and other other yeah, things. I whistleblowers, think. the whole thing on whistleblowers. That's a good one. Because yeah, I got yeah. a I got a list a mile long of of guys like that. All UFO right, UFO whistleblowers. Okay, so um, again, check us out uh, meteor recording dot com. Small studio or small room, big sound. Uh, check it, hit us up on Twitter uh, at. <laughs> at the truth is out there uh t-h-u-r-r on twitter uh email us uh questions and uh anything comments uh feedback what you want us to talk about things we should look up um we see that there's a lot of a uh, lot of listeners out in the uk right now so uh give us some uk conspiracies we would love to dig into them well it was number one u.s to Canada through UK. Yeah, so please. Well, US, to, US, any, anyone across the pond would be we, awesome. Yeah, I would like to dig in. Give us some. Uh, give us some interesting, juicy UK conspiracies that we can dig into, and uh, read and be fascinated about. And uh, uh, I would like to come up. I want to do one episode uh, where we try to just strictly Canadian conspiracies, because we all know the US ones, like the US ones that we're touching on, like the big ones we're going to be talking about. They're easily accessible, so I want to get some niche ones. Yeah, I do. I do have a couple on the on the East Coast. Perfect. So, so um, anything else that we forgot to mention? I didn't say it. meteor recording at gmail dot com. All oh, one word. Yeah, email us. Send all inquiries, comments. Send them there. Um, subject att podcast. Yeah, if you forget a subject, I'll still check it. So. Yeah, well, we don't get that many emails. <laughs> <laughs> right on. That was fun. Okay. Um, so that's us for, you know, we'll tr- maybe two weeks. We'll try every other week. Every other week we're going to try. So um, that's ATT. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. Keep those eyes on the skies. <laughs>